0: Welcome to Fuel, Sweat, and Science with Dr. Tiff. Each week, we're going to take an in depth look at how to avoid paralysis by analysis from all the fat loss, weight loss options, noise, and claims out there, and move past a history of failed attempts which may have caused metabolic changes or suppression. I'm your host, Dr. Tiffany Breeding, PhD, fitness, nutrition, and strength and conditioning specialist. My goal is to help you learn to balance busy, social, everyday lives while still seeing results and realize that losing weight does not have to be so complicated. Let's do this. Hey, hey guys, welcome back and thank you, thank you for giving me the opportunity to take a little break last week. We had a replay of the protein episode from one of the earliest episodes that I recorded. If you didn't have a chance to listen, definitely go back and do that. It was one of the most popular episodes and still such a common topic about what the importance is the whys, the what's, the how much on protein. Um, But I am back. I'm reset, reinvigorated, and really excited to bring some new content as we roll into the fall. Today, I'm gonna be talking about that delicate balance between sodium and water and why hydration can often actually lead to water retention and the difference in drinking water and ingesting sodium, and what that process is really doing in the body, because it's just such a mind-boggling concept for people when they think I'm dehydrated, but I'm retaining water, or I'm drinking a ton of water, but I still feel thirsty, or I'm really bloated, but I know that I'm dehydrated. It's just how does all that work together? And I get that question so much. And when I do body composition assessment on clients in the office, we actually get a report that shows us hydration levels both in and outside the cell as well as our total body water. And so in better understanding that, I think it's really important. And now also just so much media and so much marketing around these electrolyte waters and liquid ivs and electrolyte drinks and all of that and is sodium good for you or not good for you and so i thought it'd be really important to just kind of talk through that it's a little bit of a chemistry lesson so just go ahead and (laughs) prepare yourself but i think i can explain it in a way that's digestible and understandable Before I get into that, I do just want to remind you guys how important it is just if you're liking these episodes, this one or even previous ones, to share them with friends, review and rate them if you don't mind. It just takes a couple seconds, but it does so much just for that search opportunity for other people to be able to find this and share it and benefit from it. So I'll just ask that you guys do that if you get a second. So let's talk chemistry let's talk water. I did an episode on water and that was really about water intake, how much we need and the benefits of water. So certainly go back and listen to that if that's more what your interest is. But I want to talk today just about how water moves through the body, the kidneys, the cells, and where these electrolytes that we hear so much about actually come into play. And so when we look at the body as a whole, we've talked about that about sixty to seventy percent of our body is water, and that's in the blood, it's in the cells, it's in the organs, it's in our brain. All of our body requires water. You can go about three days without water before it becomes fatal, whereas food you could go week you know a week or more without food, so you can see the difference in the importance of water as a micronutrient macro well macronutrient in the body and all of the, the things that come with that. That process of moving water in and out of the cell is called osmoregulation. So how we regulate water and what happens to it when it gets processed to the kidneys and we pee it out, we sweat it out, we breathe it out. There's three areas of the body that hold water. You've got the cell. We call that Intracellular fluid or water inside the cells, and the cells are surrounded by a fatty membrane that is impenetrable. So, any charged molecule cannot move through that, any large molecules cannot move through the cell walls. You got blood plasma. That's one component of what we call extracellular fluid. So anything outside the cell is extracellular. That's our blood plasma. Plasma of the blood is majority water, has some various ions, which we'll get into. And then you've got just the areas outside the cell that aren't in the actual blood vessels. They're just outside, you know, kind of subcutaneous That's called interstitial fluid, but it's also a component of extracellular. So you got the cellular fluid, what's inside your cell body, and then you've got extracellular fluid, which includes both that interstitial fluid, kind of floats around outside the cells, and the blood plasma, which is just what's contained in, in the blood vessels. The other components of that fluid, both in and outside of the cell, are electrolytes. And there's other things in there, proteins and whatnot. But the main component of that interstitial fluid, when we look at it from an actual chemical standpoint, we've got magnesium and potassium, both positively charged ions inside the cell. Those are two of our main electrolytes, in addition to phosphate which is negatively charged inside the cell. And then outside the cell, floating around in that interstitial, is sodium, calcium, chloride, bicarbonate. All those are electrolytes. They're all charged both negatively and positively. Sodium, calcium positively charged. Chloride, bicarbonate negatively charged. So you've got all these solutes in and outside the cells, and each of those are highly attracted to water because water has both positive and negative charges within it, hydrogen and oxygen. And any positive is going to attract a negative. Any negative is going to attract a positive. So all of those ions are attracted to water and they move with water in and out of these various intra and extracellular areas. So interesting to me. I Maybe I am just such a dork, but I just find this fascinating. I had no idea. I knew what electrolytes were. I could list them. I could define them. I know what foods have certain electrolytes. I know you need them to balance hydration. But I had no idea that that is what was binding and pulling water in and out of the blood vessels, in and out of the cell bodies. And that's why there's such a delicate balance between water intake and electrolytes. And it is so delicate a balance because what happens is that water helps to maintain a consistent concentration in the blood plasma, in the interstitial, in the internal cell body, they want to create homeostasis. And in order to create homeostasis, water levels have to maintain fairly regulated because if you have a certain amount of these ions, these solutes in any area, whether it's in the cell or outside the cell, and let's say you lose a significant amount of water through exercise or because you get sick and maybe you have a little diarrhea or you're vomiting, so you're losing extra water, or it's just the middle of summer and you're excessively sweating, whatever the reason you have an outside job or you're at the beach. So let's just say your intake remains consistent, your volume of these electrolytes remains consistent, but the water levels drop or increase for whatever reason. And so the concentration changes, right? Because if you reduce the water and the number of those ions is the same, then the concentration of those within the body is going to be higher. Less water, same number of ions, higher concentration. So then... In order to balance that out, the body is going to pull water from somewhere. So let's just say you don't pee as much, right? Because here's what happens. When that concentration changes, a signal is sent to the brain, specifically the pituitary gland, and that pituitary gland releases what's called an antidiuretic hormone, Antidiuretic, meaning don't pee, hormone. So, this don't pee hormone gets sent to the kidneys, and within that collecting area of the kidneys, it creates these little proteins that are called aquaporins. Okay, so these little proteins, aquaporins, which by definition is water hole. OK, so ADH, antidiuretic hormone, gets released by the pituitary, sent to the kidney, and the kidney creates these proteins and they put just these little water holes in the walls of the kidney and water gets pulled out back into that interstitial fluid so that you don't urinate. It says, Mm-mm, we don't have enough water. In the system to create homeostasis, we can't be losing more water. We're going to release water back into the extracellular fluid to rehydrate, maintain balance, create the concentration that we need to maintain for optimal function, thus we cut off urination. So you can think about, okay, when you're dehydrated, you obviously don't pee as much. That's one way that the body naturally regulates. Now, other ways, right, that we can offset that concentration, if we're thirsty, we kind of know we're dehydrated, we start drinking more fluids. So we can also aid that process. We can also rebalance the water electrolyte correlation there by just taking in more water if we know we've ingested a high amount of potassium or sodium or any number of those micronutrients that are potentially creating an imbalance So we have to find for ourselves, and all of this is individualized, and it may change even by day, right? Like if I eat beef jerky, or I go out and have a turkey sandwich at Subway, I know I've got to drink more water that day because I have put more sodium into the system, the concentration is going to change, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, it's just knowing that that's the case, so that you can do what you need to do in order to maintain that balance, because the cell wall is impermeable for these charged ions. Meaning, if the concentration increases in that intracellular, uh, excuse me, that extracellular area where the sodium lives it can't move some of that sodium into the cell because those charged ions can't move through the cell wall. So sodium only lives in the blood plasma or the interstitial, that extracellular area. That's why When we eat a lot of sodium and maybe the next morning you feel puffy, your rings are tight, your face is a little puffy, because it's always going to get absorbed in the outside of the cell, that subcutaneous space between the cell and the skin, and we feel that bloat, we feel that puffiness, it can't get into the cell and kind of be hidden in there The cells actually contract because water gets pulled out of them to rehydrate, but those ions can't move back and forth. It's just going to pull more water out in order to create the concentration balance that it's looking for. So if things are creating that imbalance, it's not going to reduce the sodium concentration. That's only going to happen if we lose some through sweat or through breathing or through urination. But again, if the concentration goes up, because when we lose from sweat or we lose from urine, more water gets lost there than sodium. We lose some of both, but in ratio, the water loss is greater, so that concentration is still always going to go up When we start losing things through sweat or urination or breathing, it's always going to default more to water loss than sodium loss. So that's why managing sodium intake, or if you do know that you're getting more maybe than you need, you've just got to offset it with water intake. So super cool. Not necessarily anything we can do about it other than, like I said, finding that delicate balance being aware of it, understanding how it works so that you can be proactive and also be mindful of knowing how those things work together. And also, I think overdoing these new electrolytes, It's like you're getting salt through everything you eat. <laughs> so to be able, to need to put more salt in, we're talking about people that are training super intensely, sweating significantly, living in super hot climates where they're losing a lot of salt in their sweat. General population is not in that category. The reason that you're finding this imbalance is probably because your intake of sodium is really high. Your intake of diuretic drinks like caffeinated drinks, coffee drinks, Uh, energy drinks, soft drinks is super high. It's a diuretic alcohol. So you're losing the water. You're not needing the sodium, if that makes sense. So just be aware, understand how that all works. But I just really think it's interesting to know that those charged ions are the electrolytes that are attracting the water, that are communicating to the brain, that are shutting down the kidney to urinate when we're dehydrated. The body is just so cool. And so I hope this was just informative, enlightening. If you want to dig a little more, there's some great YouTube videos on it, just understanding that delicate balance there. But Anyway, I hope this just kind of sheds some light on how the hydration process works, how that osmoregulation works, how what we eat, what we drink, how much of it really can affect our body's storage of water, and that it's not always just a water intake process or a sodium intake process, but it's how those things work together and how the different areas of the body store those ions and those in the water and the shift there that can happen and also i thought it was really cool that that those ions can't go into the cell that they live i mean there are ions but not the sodium i mean it's potassium it's magnesium it's phosphate those aren't as common. But I do think we don't get enough magnesium either in our diet. And that magnesium could also help just create some homeostasis of those other potassium. Magnesium are the internal, the intracellular electrolytes. And so again, they don't move outside the cell. They're the ones in the cell that are helping those to function properly. And our muscles are cells right muscle cells so that's the main component there there's water in the muscle obviously but inside the cell the magnesium the potassium are helping those to to really maintain proper function so just being aware of making sure getting enough of all those things to keep the body and the cells functioning so hope this was helpful remember rate it review it share it and let's do this. I'll see you guys next time.